Um, if the Eight Sahara gets you down or if you have some negativity in your life, don't worry. Like you can still continue. You make a mistake and you move on. Chasidus, preparing the world for Geula, revealing the deepest and most precious secrets for us all. Join Chaya Harwitz, Shlucha of the Rebbe, to Boston as she shares with us her experience how Chasidus enhances her life like the frosting of a cake. Tune in to our Da'as discussion where we take it from knowledge and bring it down to action. Welcome everyone to our sixth DAS discussion. We are super excited to have with us today, Chaya Horowitz, all the way from Boston. Please introduce yourself. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here on this podcast. What an honor. I am from Canton, Massachusetts, a suburb of Boston. I'm on Shlichus there. We have a nice community. Older people, younger people, kids, families, nice Hebrew school. I also went to the local Basiaco High School, being that there was no Chabad High School around where I live, even though I did travel about an hour and a half each way to school. Wow. Yeah, it was a long drive. But I truly loved Beis Yaakov, and I felt like it was part of my shluchos. And so I was in Beis Yaakov until 12th grade. And then I went to seminary in Israel for a year. And then I went to Beis Rivka in Crown Heights for a year. That's amazing. So let's go straight into what you just said about you attended Beis Yaakov for all your elementary years. Beis Yaakov, they don't learn chassidus, right? So I'm sure coming to Beis Rivka, we're... It's fully engulfed in Hasidus day in, day out. Is there a difference that you've seen between these two? Of course, they're both amazing, right? It's both Tyra, but like when there's an additional aspect of Hasidus, was there any parts of the system or of the girls that you saw were different? It's a big question. Um, firstly, Hasidus is a big word and it encompasses lots of different Hasidus. There's Chabad Hasidus, there's lots of other Hasiduses that... Musr is a form of um, Hasidus teaching, I believe. Um, but I have a story to share first before I answer your question. So there was a lion and the lion went over to the monkey and said, who is the king of the jungle? And the monkey said, oh, dear lion, you are the king of the jungle. And then the lion went to the deer and said, deer, do you know who the king of the jungle is? And the deer said, of course I know, lion. You, Mr. Lion, are the king of the jungle. And then the lion went to the elephant and said, Mr. Elephant, do you know who the king of the jungle is? And the elephant picked up the lion, swung him around with his long nose or trunk and flung him and the lion hit a tree and then came running back to the elephant. The lion came back to the elephant and said, Mr. Elephant, just because you didn't know the answer doesn't mean you have to get so angry. So for us as Jews, any type of Jew, we all look to the Torah as our guidebook and as our answer. All our answers come from Hashem and 
we all use the Torah as our guidebook. So whether you went to Beis Yaakov or whether you are very religious or not so religious, modern Orthodox, Orthodox, Chabad, Satmer, whatever you are, we have one Torah which unites us all. And being that this is even a Hakel year, um, we look to our Torah and it and unites us as all different types of Jews. So going to Beis Yaakov was an experience. There may not have been so much Chabad, Hasidus, but it was really a beautiful four years of my life because I learned so much. Everyone has something to offer. And yes, there's something special to learning Chabad, Hasidus. And after when I went to seminary, I really enjoyed the Hasidus part. When you say the Hasidus part, which part do you see that was like, do you see added? Um, Hasidus adds like the chocolate frosting on a cake. You can have a vanilla cake or a chocolate cake, but when you have that extra frosting or um, icing on top, it makes it even better. So Hasidus Chabad um, really teaches you how to live life, how to be battle, how to be humble, how to be happy, the simcha, no matter when a day is good, or no matter when a day might be harder. When we um, stick to Chabad Hasidus, um, the Rebbe shows us and we are guided. I love that. And the reason why I brought up this question was because the Rebbe says in this week's Sicha how when Mashiach comes, we're going to be having this Taira Chadasha, this brand new Taira. And we're going to realize that all the Taira we learned in Gaulus is literally like dust. It's like nothing compared to the Taira of Mashiach. So we, I feel like Hasidus is a taste of the Taira of Mashiach. So it's so special to see how it already brings that joy and that transparency, right? But those like when a person is just so transparent that Hashem is just like working through them. Like you can have a window that's clear. You just see what's across the window. But if it's fully covered and blocked, then it's like for Hashem. Wow, thank you. So I know that you are on Shluchos and I'm sure you are teaching this Taira of Mashiach, right? This new Taira, this Chsidas, or in general, just Taira and Mitzvahs, the tree of life to so many people. Do you have any interesting stories or shlacha practice experiences that happen along your journey as a shlacha? Definitely, there are many. I can share with you one that happened recently, this past Pesach. Going back to Hasidus, it is, is the Lubavitcher Rebbe taught us, you know, to go out there in far-flung places and teach Hasidus to others whether it's being an example wherever you are or actually learning with people, actual Hasidus, having classes, Tanya classes, Kabbalah classes, whatever it may be, um, it's so fulfilling to be able to give. So I have an interesting story. It was Yudolf Nisan and my brother came home from Yeshiva and he said, oh, I need pants. You know, he was 16 years old, always growing. And... He's like, I need pants. I need pants. Can you take me to the store to buy pants? And it was like Arab Yom Tif. It was busy, hectic in the house. And I was like, Ma, should I take him? And my mother said, yeah, yeah, go take him. And on the way, we gave out some matzah when we were on the way to the store, when we were driving. So, you know, it had a purpose. But then we went into the store. We went into Marshall's. Um, and we were walking around. And then my brother went to try on whatever he needed to in the dressing room. So someone came over to me and she said, happy Passover. 
So I said, oh, happy Passover. And she told me, oh, I knew you were Jewish because your friend, um, he's wearing a kippah. So I was like, okay, I was wearing a skirt too. And I was covered up, but I guess it was because of him. And I said, yeah, it was my brother. But I asked her, I said, what are you doing for the Seder? Where are you going? And she told me, oh, I'm going to Boston, which is like an hour away. And I was like, oh, you're going to Boston. And, you know, there's a Chabad right around the corner. So I asked her, I said, what's your name? And I said, my name is Chaya Horowitz. Obviously, people are nervous to say their name. So she told me only her first name. Her name was Samara. I said, Samara, um, we have a big Seder. And I said, come to us, please. And she's like, no, no, don't worry. And I told her we're Chabad of Canton. It's at this and this time. You can look it up. It's online. And she said, no, no, whatever. So I said, okay, fine. Have a good day. You know, can't be too pushy. But then... My brother finished up, we checked out, and he, we, I quickly ran to the car to see if I had any more matzah or a sale of hummets form for her to fill out. Um, at least I wanted to give her matzah. But anyways, we didn't have matzah in the car, but we, um, and we did have a sale of hummets form. So I came back into Marshall, and I looked everywhere for her. And it seemed like she disappeared into thin air. Like, I, I went two minutes after I saw her. And oh then... Gosh. Yeah. And she was gone. So I was like, okay, fine. Not meant to be. Anyways, we both went back, um, back home. We, we did our thing and then came the Seder. So I was helping serve set up and I heard, overheard someone introducing themselves to someone else. And the other person said, oh, my name is Samara. So I was like, okay, can't be. It was her. It didn't look like her also. And later I came back and I was saying hello to the guests. And my mother told me like, that's Samara. You told her to come. And I was like, what? Like she didn't follow up. She didn't ask my parents for details or anything. And my mother said, yeah. So I, I said hello to her and I was like, oh, how'd you find out about the, the location and et cetera. And she said, by the way, my parents are very involved in your show. I was like, oh, I, I didn't know. Like, I think the parents were out of town um, for the past few weeks or something. And I didn't know they had a daughter, uh, older daughter. So that was a story. Samara was at the Seder because her parents had a connection with Chabad and my efforts were not for no reason. And that is spreading Hasidus, having a public Seder, um, reaching out to others, on a small scale, on a large scale, it could Helping be any- out your brother, go buy his pants. <laughs> yeah, being kind, obviously, Yisrael. So that's Ashkach uh, story, Baruch Hashem. Wow, it's so powerful. It's like literally Hashem directs the steps of man. It's a, it's a serious thing. Like he needed pants for this Samara to get into a seder and get back to her roots. I love that. Thanks for sharing with us that, Shlacha. Okay, so moving on to the next part of our Sicha, the Rebbe says the proof that Mashiach is coming is because we still do not have three Ari Mikla. We're missing three. And the fact that we are promised that we are going to be getting three more is a proof that Mashiach will be coming. So the Rebbe says in this week's Sicha that there's everything entire. There's the revealed part and then there's the hidden deeper message behind everything entire. Tara's Milash and Haira. It's a guide for our life. So what's this Ari Mikla business? And the Rebbe says in really short, our Yetzirah is trying to get back at us and sort of quote unquote spill our blood, spill our passion and our energy of Kedusha into Klippa. So how do we save ourselves from this? We run into the words of Tyra and of Chsidus, right? That's that's our like 
Ari Miklat. Do you feel connected with that part of the Sikha? Do you relate that Tara is your shield, your protection? It guides you through your life? Definitely. Oftentimes, you know, I'll have a hard day. Uh, I'll be down. I won't be so happy at, at, after a long day or after rejection. And I th- I'll think about it and I'll realize that really Tyra keeps you strong. Tyra teaches you if you make a mistake, if you fall down, don't worry, you can get up. Um, a child that could fall seven times, but he always gets up and always moves forward. And the outlook of Chabad is very focused on continuing on despite any hardships. Um, if the Yitzhahara gets you down or if you have some negativity in your life, don't worry. Like You can still continue. You make a mistake and you move on. Um, another great line from your one of your podcasts, someone said, rejection is Hashem's protection. So oftentimes if I'll feel rejected at work, whether my boss tells me I need to improve something. Shout or... out to Shoshana Laufer's episode. Go check it out. She was amazing. <laughs> yes, it was her. Um if someone else, you know, rubs you the wrong way, it's just important to remember that everything is meant to be and that's what Hasidus is. Uh, there's a famous story. Once upon a time, there were the two famed brothers, Rev Eli Malach of Zhensk and Rev Zoshav Anapali. Not specifically Chabad, they were just Hasidim. And they often would wander about and pose as simple beggars, but they helped whoever they could along their way. They were once traveling with a group in which some members were accused of being thieves. So they were all thrown into jail. The jail was one big grungy room with a pail on the side for the bathroom. As the day went on, Rebeli Melch got ready to daven mincha. What are you doing? asked his brother Reb Zusha. So Rebeli Melch answered, I'm getting ready for mincha. Reb Zusha said, Rebeli Melch, don't you know that Hashem doesn't allow one to daven in a room with a bathroom? It's just not respectful. So the holy Rebeli Melch sat down and he began to cry. And his brother asked him, why are you crying? Is it because you can't daven? Reb Elimelech answered affirmatively. But Reb Zusha continued and asked him, Why are you crying? Don't you know that the same Hashem who commanded you to daven also commanded you not to daven when the room is unfit for prayer? By not davening in this room, said Reb Zusha, you are doing exactly what Hashem wants. And so with that, the two brothers began to dance joyously. The guards heard the noise and came running. They asked the other inmates what the reason was for the big commotion. Oh, we have no idea, the inmates said. The two Jews were discussing the pail in the corner when all of a sudden they came to some happy conclusion and they began to dance. Is that right, sneered the guards. They're happy because of the pail? We'll show them. And so the guards promptly removed the pail and the two brothers were able to dava mincha. So this story shows us when we do Hashem's will happily, Hashem helps us. Taira is our blueprint for our life. When we follow halacha, when we follow what Hashem says, if he says not to daven mincha in a smelly room, then we don't do that. And then if Hashem says you could daven in a clean place, then we do do that. So when we follow what Hashem wants from us, it ends up working out the way we want. It's so comforting to hear that literally wherever you are, that is where you're supposed to be. 
so many times like I could think I'm I'm gonna be so much more productive if I'm in a different spot right if I'm doing something else if I'm davening like in the story right they wanted to daven but no it's the same Hashem told us not to daven when there's the pale we're like doing the same thing we in our mind we bring up like what is being productive what is what I'm supposed to be doing with my life and just to I feel like that's what Hasidus just calms you down. I'm present. I'm here. Hashem is creating me now. I am where I'm supposed to be. Let me bring Hashem. Let me reveal the Aleph in this situation. For example, us too. We were trying to get this thing to work for quite a while. And then we just, you know, used a different platform. And that's Hashem. Hashem wanted us to just have that, you know, 15 minutes of not working out and then changing the way and and getting, he gave us the opportunity to practice living Hasidus and seeing the Aleph all over. So this is Hashem. I love that story. Thanks so much for bringing it up. It's important to remember, you know, sometimes a story does have a good ending, like, you know, the two Hasidim rejoicing. It, it, the pail ended up being removed so they could daven, or Samara did end up at my Seder, at our Chabad Seder. But sometimes we don't see the goodness. I had a story. I was quite upset when I, I wanted to work somewhere, and I thought it would work out very well. I knew the place. I knew the teachers and everything. And the principal said, no, it's not going to work. Maybe go to another department. And I was like, okay. And if it, it hurts, rejection might hurt, but it's important to remember that it's for our good. It's what Hashem wants. Yes. It's just a calming, like Hashem is here. He's taking care of me. And then sometimes like years later, people find out how that it was for their good or, and sometimes they don't, but it's just a trust. The knowing, yes, a hundred percent. And just to conclude this this discussion with another point of the sicha, the Rebbe says, "Umala haaretz." This this was like the, my favorite part of the entire sicha. Like now, when I sing the song, the nigan umala haaretz Hashem, I have a whole different meaning of it, which I never knew before. What does it mean, umala haaretz Hashem, kamayim leamachasim? That umala haaretz, the entire revealed like land, you see the land, right? So the entire revealed world is going to be filled with what? With the yam. In the water, everything is concealed. There's like so many things going on below the water in the ocean. We can't even see it. All of that deep, deepest parts and depths of Taira and of Hashem and of the world and everything is going to be revealed by Mashiach. And we're already starting to have a taste of this. Like the world is already starting to pick up on those like vibes, the Mashiach vibes. Besides for like, you know, <laughs> husband and vibe. If you speak Yiddish, vibe means wife. I love it when people say vibe. I'm like, yep. We're becoming the vibes. <laughs> but besides for like the world picking up in that energy, it's it's a real thing. We're starting to move into that era of being able to see what's behind the surface. Like we're not just looking at everything face value. We're seeing past that. So my question to you is, are there any examples where you see it in your life, where you see it with people around you, where you see it in the world in general that you want to share, how the world is advancing towards the stage of seeing MS, seeing behind the facade? It's a good question, and I think that this ever-evolving world has exploded with the amount of knowledge that we have, um, whether it's scientific, um, sci science, technology, you know, artificial intelligence is all the rage now. I, AI can do so much for you. This world has really changed. And if we open our eyes, I believe that it's changing for the better. Mashiach is coming. All these advancements, it's really Hashem at play and Hashem enabling us. 
Um, By the way, just to insert AI, it just came to me right now, right? The Rebbe speaks about Chedoshim. I guess this podcast brings Chedoshim. AI stands for Aleph inserted. Sababa. And with COVID, you know, striking the world, closing down for more than a year, not going, not being able to go to school. It's really all these interesting, it could be, you even might think it's, it's strange, strange things happening by man, but no, it's not caused by man. It's really Hashem orchestrating this and Hashem is orchestrating it for our good, for our benefit for Mashiach to come. Wow, Chaya, this was really inspiring. One simple girl going to buy pans for her brother brings an entire new neshama to Chabad, and that's just beautiful, and how you are starting to see the olive and the power of what Hasidus and how Hasidus affected your life. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. This is so nice joining, and keep up your good work of spreading Hasidus. Thank you. I can't wait to dance with you in Yerushalayim.